It is a very busy Thursday in women's basketball. Someone at the center of all of it, of course, Maddie Seagrest, Locked on Women's Basketball, starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, and I want to thank you for making us your first listen every day. Showing up for us over 175,000 of you in January alone, the way we show up for you six days a week. And of course, it is not just me. It is the incredible team covering women's basketball across the country and really throughout the world over at thenexthoops.com. $9 a month, $72 a year gets you. Every time we have a show, we have a story. And believe me, there are plenty of those stories coming. You have the chance to have it right in your inbox. Make sure you go subscribe, thenexthoops.com. And my goodness, Maddie Segrist, you have created so many of these stories for us at the level, <laughs> at the pro level, as a diarist last year on the nine. Now we get to talk to you about Let's see. Athletes Unlimited, the Dallas Wings, your WNBA team. We'll talk Villanova. We're going to put you on the spot at the end of the show to identify the single great cheesesteak, which is going to be, I think, a real a real challenge to continue to exist in the Philadelphia area. But, Maddie, just to even start here, let's just talk about how you're doing. I know you've been rehabbing. I know you're getting ready for a February season at Athletes Unlimited, that four-week sprint. Can't wait to see you do it. We get to watch you do it on the WNBA app. Where are you right now in terms of your game and what you've been working on? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been great being back at Villanova as a like special assistant to the program. Um, you know, training every day, practicing. It's just been so much fun um, to be in this new role. I'm super excited for Athletes Unlimited. Um, just been working on everything, getting more comfortable, you know, handling the ball, creating your own shot, um, you know, passing, defense, just a little bit of everything, trying to really elevate my game to the next level. And so at this point, going to Athletes Unlimited, as you kind of think about your goals, listen, I've covered you for a long time now, and you have always been about the team. And that makes sense, of course. There is an individualized context to it. How do you kind of reconcile that? in your mind, because I know you always approach basketball in this team context. Um, I think the most important thing is to win, and, you know, you can impact the game in many ways, not just scoring. That's why I think it's so unique that that's how Athletes Unlimited is done, is, you know, the point system for assists, rebounds, plus minus, win shares, everything like that, and scoring as well. Um, you know, I think that just raises a level. It's it's a unique concept, and I'm excited to be part of it. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm gonna try to win every quarter you're in, every possession you're in. Mm-hmm. And and from that perspective, when you look at the overall roster as a competitor, I would imagine that has to excite you. You know, 18 players currently on WNBA rosters, and an opportunity to showcase what you're able to do uh, against some of the best competition uh, in the world. Does that in, beyond even just the questions of like how much is too much playing, how much is enough playing in this offseason, does that get your competitive juices flowing? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. I think it's a, you know, really competitive roster, and that's what you want. You want, you know, 40 players that are going to compete every night, and, you know, I think they've done a great job of getting that group of people together. So I'm super excited. You know, I haven't played a game since October, so I'm ready for one. I am very excited to see it. It's AU, and I have not made any secret of this on the program, is something doing innovative things in a way that allows us to enjoy basketball at the highest level. So I'm very excited about to see this. So from the perspective of your offseason so far, you talked about this, having this role at Villanova and being able to participate in the building of the program in a different way. What have been kind of the most enjoyable new things that you've been able to uh, take into this role and do really for the first time? Just like seeing like all the different things that go into a program, um, you know, as a player, you're worried about practice, you know, getting better games. That's really it. You don't have to think about anything else. You don't think about food orders. You don't think about uh, or the lights going to be out of the gym, like those kind of things. So kind of seeing everybody else's role is cool. And, you know, being able to be an ambassador to the program with donors and, um, you know, we've been generating so much support and buzz um, on campus. So just to be a part of that and then like, you know, see like kind of the coaching aspect, like a lot of these players I've played with. And now, you know, you could share like, you know, your knowledge in a different way, which is really, really cool. You, I just would urge people, I, I've said this before, like Finneran Pavilion is such a great place to see a basketball game, but you make your way through the crowd. And I've been there for uh, a bunch of different games uh, this season covering this team, which we have to talk about because I find them really interesting in a different way than last year, but fascinating. Um, it's almost like there's this celebrity moving through the crowd and everyone's kind of gravitating toward you. I know you got used to that during your time at Villanova when Villanova was such like Maddie Shegris territory, but do you enjoy that? Or are you someone who's just kind of like, you're doing it because you know what is best for the program? Like what's that like emotionally? Um, It's definitely different. You know, like I forget, like you'll be going to like some of my old teammates will be there where we're going to grab like popcorn at halftime. And then like, you can't even get to the line because everybody wants to take a picture. And like, you just forget. Cause like, you don't ever think of yourself as anything but yourself like normal like um so it's cool you know I'm so happy to be able you know to to help the program any way possible and if that's you know taking a million pictures of little kids or signing autographs like I have no problem doing that because you know I was that little kid for so long and you know I'm just so grateful you know that many fans and like every little kid is like oh I, I watch you on the wings like I follow your team so if you can you know if you can get more little kids watching the WNBA I think that's great I, I can I can verify this and I can tell people Maddie is not just saying that Maddie you stay till the bitter end at these arenas I've seen you do it on the road too so I am not surprised to hear it but it's a wonderful thing to see all the same I, I you know I hesitate to call it the off season because it's extremely not the off season it's especially not the off season as you're kind of balancing between AU and your role at Villanova what's that going to look like from February into March, it's obviously this four-week season. It's also a busy time of year. And Villanova, again, to my eyes, looks like an NCAA tournament team. So what's that going to be like for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to have to take it, you know, one day at a time. But whether that's zooming in, you know, talk, calling the girls after the game, um, I'll definitely be tuned in. I'll be watching a little bit. Hopefully I come back, they're still playing. That would always, that would be the best case. 
Sure. And, and, you know, you talked about the coaching end of it. Denise Dillon has made no secret of the fact that she wants your imprint on this program in any way possible. So like, what does that look like where the rubber hits the road on a day-to-day basis? Um, like sometimes, you know, I'll be at practice and I like, won't say anything and she'll be like, come on, Maddie, like, tell me what you're thinking. Cause like, I, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess it up. And then sure. I'll be like, come on, say something. So then I'm like, all right, well, this is what I think. Um, and then, you know, being able to practice with them a couple of days a week, you know, I try to guard like the guards just to, you know, make it a little more challenging for myself. Um, but you know, then being scout team is way more difficult than I thought because you can't just do what you want to do. You got to do what their role is. So your player might be a shooter or they might not be a shooter. And like, I'm like, Oh, so badly. I want to take the shot. And then you don't, and then you just kick it. Um, which is so funny. Um, but just, you know, being able to compete, like a lot of my friends are still on the team, but being able to show them and like when I'm playing with them, I feel like it's easier for me to be like, Hey, you just got to get over that screen or you're switching too early. Like you're able to see it from a different lens, which I think is really cool. It is. And, and who has been your closest friend on the team who's still there? Who have you most enjoyed hanging out with here this year? Probably uh, Kylie Swider and Maddie Burke. They were my roommates uh, with Brooke Mullen last year. So it's funny now, um, you know, being like on staff, but you know, we do a good job balancing it all um, for sure. No question about it. Well, so much more to talk about. The Dallas Wings are having a fascinating offseason already and, and one that directly impacts and potentially gives an opportunity for an even expanded role. We are going to talk more about the Wings, about the overall landscape. And I'm just telling you guys, we are going to talk cheese states. That is going to happen before the end of our show. But first, want to make sure that you guys know about our sponsor. So first, here to talk to you guys about prize picks. And prize picks is the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. It's also the largest DFS platform in North America. It's just you against the numbers. So you're not playing against pros or sharks. It's just you pick any two to six player stat projections. You choose more or less and then you win if you get it right. So there are a number of interesting rentals, I guess would be the way to put it, for how Prize Picks operates. Now, you can actually use for multiple leagues. There's a specials league. So, for instance, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5-point combo of three-pointers made and receptions, and you can bet that together. There's not yet a Taylor Swift category, but I assume that is in the process of happening. You can also go to Community Place tab under the promos, and you can play against people like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz. Just a lot of different opportunities to be able to play DFS. Go to prizepitch.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that is prizepitch.com slash LockedOnNBA, code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So we're back with Maddie Seagrist and talking about all things Dallas Wins. And the Dallas Wins have uh, announced and uh, they are introducing today as we speak, Kalani Brown on a multi-year contract coming back to Dallas, Kalani, of course, 
um, a, a fun person to cover, a fun teammate as well. But things are really taking shape in Dallas. You're seeing everything from Jasmine Thomas, who we had on the program earlier this week, coming in as a development coach. And uh, Jazz knows so much about the game to Satu Sabali deciding to come return and try to finish the job of winning a championship in Dallas. And, you know, Maddie, the situation is a little different for you. You're on a rookie scale deal. You're, um, you don't necessarily have the agency you're going to have later in your career. So from your perspective, you know, how empowering is it to see so many people choosing to continue to build on the situation that you guys created last year? I think it's so exciting. Um, and there's, you know, so much ex- so many exciting things that have happened this month um but you know with Sa coming back it, it's great and then Kalani um you know I'm so happy those are you know two great teammates and I think you know we're just going to build on the success you know we've had um in the past so just to have like so much success in a rookie season for as a team you know I can't wait for year two I'm excited to get back uh, I think it'll be a lot of good things in terms of Awak career's decision to step away to focus. You know, I know certainly from a personal perspective, you know, it's sad to lose a teammate. Yeah, purely from a minutes perspective, though, it does seem like this creates a greater opportunity. I've spoken to people around the league who immediately upon hearing that news, the response was, you know, oh, well, this is Maddie's time to be able to get more minutes, more of an opportunity. Do you view it as here's a chance to go and grab, uh, you know, a greater role? Because we talked about it from a an efficiency standpoint last year. Few people have ever had a better rookie year, but getting those minutes obviously makes a difference too. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the goal in the offseason is to always, you know, expand on your role for the next season. And that's, you know, something I've definitely been working on. That's, you know, that's what gets you up in the morning. That's what, you know, gets you through the hard workouts. Um, So whatever that role is, um, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Um, Of course, I'd like, you know, everyone wants a bigger role. Everyone wants to play more. So I'm going to do whatever it takes that, you know, they want to put me on the floor. They want to keep me on the floor. No, no question. And, and I just it is worth pointing out, you know, I, I can't help but get a little nerdy whenever we talk uh, about uh, basketball that, you know, you're north of 50 percent from the field, uh, north of 53 from two, you know, being guarded uh, by obviously, you know, some of the best players in the world. Ninety three percent of your free throws you made. Essentially, you are as efficient as virtually anyone. If you go by points per play. You got you ranked at 1.09 points per play, 1.17 per shot attempt, both in the upper tier of the WNBA. Was there any part of your offense that you felt like uh, you wanted to bring to another level going into year two? I'm just wondering what you've identified on that end of things. Yeah, just just trying to finish, you know, through contact, you know, getting all the way to the basket. I'm comfortable pulling up and fading, obviously, inside. Um, but, you know, being able to get all the way to the basket, get to the mid-range and, um, you know, shoot off the dribble from three is something I've been working on, whether it's in transition. I feel like, you know, that was an area looking at the threes I took last year. You know, you, you could definitely grow on that and, you know, get a little better there. Player offensive rating is one of my favorite catch-all stats. You were at 126.2. Uh, I'm going to list the players that were ahead of that in the WNBA last year. 
there is nobody. You were number one. So from that perspective, you know, obviously you saw this translate right away. We've always talked about the fact that obviously defense keeps you on the floor, especially for a Latricia Trammell team. When you kind of think back and you look at year one from the defensive end of things, what do you see as kind of the biggest areas uh, that you want to take that part of your game forward? Yeah, just continue to get comfortable. I think, you know, in the WNBA, it probably takes about 10 games, um, you know, especially in, in a limited opportunity. You're, you're only on them for a few possessions at a time. So just continue to get more comfortable, I think, uh, you know, with the defensive concepts. And I definitely, you know, felt like that towards the end of last year. And, you know, that's something, you know, I've continued to work on. So I know defense is going to keep me on the floor. So I'm going to do everything I can uh, to become the best defender. List of 40 players, you go through it. There's a lot of great ones at AU. Who are you most going to learn from where your game is by defending? I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say who are you most looking forward to defending, but a little bit different. Um, hmm, I'm not sure. I, I got to look at the list um, more in depth. I mean, I, I love watching Natasha Cloud play. I loved watching her play at St. Joe's. And then obviously now um, as well, I think she's just such a – cool point guard um to watch the way she gets her teammates involved um so that would definitely be cool like that philly connection and being able to like see how she operates up close yeah no i i think and that'd be a fun matchup i think on both ends because you guys would bring everything to the floor on the matchup but obviously such different players that would uh, oh, I hope we get to see that. At least a couple of possessions. That well, I hope fun. we're on the same team. <laughs> well, that would be fun, too. No <laughs> the, the Philly connection is significant for anyone who doesn't know the Philadelphia area. It is for life. So that is – Do you, are, are you – so you're, you're moving back to Dallas for AU. You're obviously in Philly here all the time. You're a Poughkeepsie product who was properly honored this offseason by having your jersey retired. What are you most right now? Are you most Poughkeepsie, most Philly, or most Dallas? I would probably say most uh, – well, I want to say Poughkeepsie, but I feel like I'm definitely in Philly the most uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Don't tell my parents I said that. <laughs> I won't. I won't. We won't send them the podcast. No, no. We'll skip this part. That's right. I like it. Now, listen, uh, Philly grows inside you and it makes all the difference. All right. So we're going to talk about that team you're you're working with right now in Villanova. We're going to talk all things Philly in segment three. So just want to make sure before we do, we let you guys know first about our sponsor. And that sponsor is FanDuel. And so there's this game coming up called the Super Bowl. It's kind of under the radar, but some people have talked about it from time and again, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, it's always, uh, I'm going to be watching. Uh, it's always a challenge to get uh, my children uh, watching. Um, they're women's basketball fans, to be honest. Uh, that's what they watch, um, as Maddie, as you well know. Um, my older is a huge Swifty, however, so uh, I think it's going to be an easier lift this year as <laughs> watching and so while you're watching uh, you guys have the opportunity to make a bet on the super bowl now if you do if you bet on anything super bowl 58 
you can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. You can bet on which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. Everything, I think, outside of whether Taylor Swift will be playing on the halftime show. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. I will just say, as like our adopted hometown uh, can attest to, they're still not over the end of the NFL season. Like I was at I was at a comedy show last week, and it was Brett Goldstein, and Brett Goldstein was like, you know, he made some comparison to the Philadelphia Eagles, and everyone just like silence. It was like too soon. Like we are not. Yeah. Ready no, now. people are not over it for sure. I don't think they're ever going to get over it, but it's fine because it gives people more of an opportunity yeah. to enter in pavilion and go watch this Villanova team play. And I just, I, I had this conversation with Denise preseason, this idea. All right, Maddie, you averaged, you know, 378 points per game last year. What are we going to do to find uh, and make up for those numbers? And so Lucy Olson just goes out and she's just like, I got it. I'm fine. And so when you go back to the last 15 years of the history of the Big East Conference, dating back to 2009, there are four seasons that have been players averaging more points than Lucy Olsen is averaging right now. There's, um, uh, Anissa Morrow did it once at DePaul. And then there are three of your seasons. And then there's Lucy ahead of everyone else. So what how do you account for how much she's been able to take the reins offensively and did you see this coming um you know lucy's a really hard worker and you know she's always eager to learn um i'm so happy for the success she's having this year and i think you know definitely knew she was going to take on a bigger role um not sure you know what it was going to look like but moving her i think off the ball has helped a lot um because she's she's a great point guard too as you saw like um, DePaul last game, she kind of went back to that and had like nine assists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's exciting to see just her really come on uh, into her own and really step up, um, which is just great. It's just fantastic. She's first on the scouting report. It hasn't stopped her from being able to score whenever she's needed to. She's just a junior, obviously such a different type of player from what you were, but how much are you able to kind of connect with her from a coaching standpoint about what it means to be number one on the scouting report? Yeah, just, you know, she, she's got a lot of figured it out. She's, you know, got a lot of it figured it out on her own. But, you know, just trying to give her little tidbits before games, different things. You know, I've been there when you're frustrated and you didn't have a great game and you have an awesome game and you're like, oh, well, what's next? Like that kind of thing. So I try to find her in like the real highs and real low moments and just be like, hey, you know, everything, you know, is going to be all right. It's going to come back to the way it's supposed to be. So just just not, you know, not get too high, not get too low on yourself. And she does a good job keeping uh, level-headed, um, which is really important because we go as she goes. It's true. And again, though, like there are just these fundamental ways that Villanova players stand out. And you can see it when you watch on the Court, but you can also see it in the numbers. You and I have talked about how your turnover percentage year one in the W was extremely low in the six in the sixes, if I remember right. 
Lucy is at 9.2%, having the ball in her hands as often as she does, a usage percentage north of 35, even as the assist percentage hovers right below 30. What is it about, what like, what do you guys do? What's the secret sauce that you're able to hold on to the ball as well as you are? Because it's so central to what Denise preaches, I know. I know. I think I think you'd rather get a shot than a turnover. I think right. that's the mentality. Um, but no, just taking care of the basketball, and I think you know we do a lot of passing, different passing drills to make sure that you know when you're trapped. Um, and you know Denise does a great job of preparing us for whatever you're going to see in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know same thing with Lucy, knowing you know ball dominant that like you're going to see traps, you're going to see different types of things um, like that. What does she need to do between now and the end of her? And I guess she could go five years, right? She's she's part of. No, she, she can't. Ah, the last, yeah. We're at the end of it. This is yeah. that, that is made of the COVID is this year. That's right. Okay, so so it's the end of next year. So she didn't get picked. I've talked to people around the league. Like she's going to get selected in next year's WNBA draft, right? What does she need to do? Uh, you know, kind of put on your WNBA hat to get from here to there? Um, I think, you know, just continuing to, uh, you know, embrace physicality. I think, you know, college is physical, but WNBA is really physical. So just continue to, you know, finish doing contact and when somebody bumps you off your mark um, and then continue to work on your shot from the outside. I think, you know, she's done a great job of handling the ball, you know, getting to her mid-range. So just continuing to add to her game. I, I got to know what her wingspan is. If you get a chance to measure it. Cause I know. It, it, it definitely looks longer than it is. Because I, I, we've done that, I think. Uh, I, someone did it last year. And it was like, it was long. But mm-hmm. she just looks so, so long when you're out there. Um, she gets some of the steals. I'm like, whew, do your arms just grow? It's amazing. It's, it's, it's very go-go gadget arms when it comes to Lucy Olsen. I agree with you. So this team, right, you are looking at a team that is – Currently 13 and seven has some big wins, has some losses that have hurt, obviously in the net rating as well. You know, I, I, I'm sure you guys, that Providence loss was a challenging one. No question about it. What do you think you guys need to do down the stretch in order to get that NCAA tournament bid? Um, you know, just continue to take one game at a time. Um, I think, you know, ranked wins are always important. Um, you want to make a run in the Big East championship. So, mm-hmm. You got to win, win the games you're supposed to, and you got to steal a few on the road. I know we have a, a tough stretch of February. We go on the road a bunch, but, you know, it's important to win on the road. Good teams win on the road, for sure. At Marquette's going to be a fun one. I was there for oh, the yeah. Villanova Marquette, and that one was fantastic. I mean, I think we, we, we uh, led for, what, the last 30 seconds. That might have been it. That was it. harder watching the games than it is playing in them. <laughs> If you, I, I feel like I'd be better watching them playing, but probably you and I have different skill sets. So <laughs> that plays a part too. All right. I, I warned everybody it was coming. I warned you it was coming. You are in Philadelphia. You're in the land of the cheese state. I have my opinions about it, but it does not matter. You are a professional here. What is the best cheese steak in the Philadelphia area? Where are you sending people? So I think Paul Revere's in Lansdale is pretty good. Okay. I've just recently had it a few times because one of my buddies lives over there and she brought us there and really good. Well, I am delighted. We are recording this on Wednesday for Thursday. So you just gave me what my dinner is going to be ahead of going to cover Villanova, Connecticut later on. Perfect. Maddie Segrist, star of 
everything we cover. Thank you so much for the time. Very much appreciated. And to our listeners, thank you very much. As always, uh, our team will be back with you tomorrow as we are six days a week talking WNBA free agency, college basketball, and of course, historic stories from the past with the WBL. We'll also have the great Ari Graham on site at Athletes Unlimited, making sure that we are covering everything AU does. So until tomorrow, I am Howard Magdal wishing all of you a wonderful Thursday. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.